Welcome to Starkey Soundbites. I'm your host, Dave Fabry, Starkey's Chief Innovation Officer. Our guest today is Justin Osman, a longtime friend of Starkey. He joins us virtually from his home in Utah to talk about his many years of advocating for people with hearing loss and his advice for those navigating their own hearing loss journey. Justin, thanks for joining me today on Starkey Soundbites. Thanks for having me, Dave. It's great to be here. Appreciate yeah. it. Well, uh, I, I was thinking about in prepping for this podcast today, how long I have known you. I know it's over a decade, but, uh, but I couldn't put the uh, actual date when we met, but I've been a longtime admirer of you and your advocacy for those with hearing loss. And, and you know, I've come at it from the professional side, but I'm just amazed at how uh, well you have articulated the messaging for people who are struggling with hearing loss and, and thinking about it as a disability, um, when in fact, although it certainly is, the, the hearing loss has impacted you, and I hope we'll be able to talk about that today, but you've turned that challenge into such an opportunity to represent for so many millions of people with hearing loss what possibilities exist. Thank you, Dave. And to be honest, someone gave me an opportunity to be able to hear with conviction, to be able to speak with passion. And when someone touches my life like that, it, 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 I can only, it, it, it's an honor to be able to give back and to pay it forward uh, for, for the blessing that I've been given from wonderful people like you, uh, Dave, and, and, and on all your skill set and your talents and, and bring to the table so that we can have a better quality of life. I mean, there are so many incredible resources that are available to us and that I, I didn't know about. And then when I came across it, I'm like, oh my goodness, everybody needs to know about this. And so I, I on behalf of all the deaf and hard of hearing community around the world, thank you uh, for, for blessing our lives and, and helping us to hear better and to live better. Well, right back at you, buddy. And, um, you know, many inventions die a lonely death until, unless they're innovated. And you find a way to express in ways that go beyond the technology, the impact of hearing loss and the impact of, of technology to make people's lives better. And uh, I know you've been a brand ambassador for Starkey since 2021, but I want to start really earlier than that. I want to go back to sort of the, the beginning. Uh, your dad, Merrill, is one of the founding members of the Osmond family and the lead singer in those early days. And uh, Donnie and Marie, are your aunt and uncle. Uh, your grandmother, Olive Osmond, started the Osmond Fund and the Osmond Foundation to raise money for hearing aids for people. You know, and I'd like to talk a little bit about that. What inspired her to sort of develop this fund, which later uh, grew into the Children's Miracle Network and is still, uh, I, I believe your aunt Marie still manages that today, and it's uh, over $5 billion dollars in terms of funding that goes for people with hearing loss. But talk about your grandmother um, in terms of what inspired her to do this and how you've picked up that cause today with the Olive Osmond Foundation. Thank you, Dave. Uh, and I gotta make it very clear, uh, my grandmother has lots of uh, grandchildren, but I am her favorite grandchild. <laughs> <laughs> I have no um, doubt of that. <laughs> so, um, you know, this is one of the untold stories of our family. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but my sweet grandmother, Olive, 
uh, her two oldest boys were born deaf. And after she had two, two children, the doctor told her not to have any more kids because it was genetic. And, you know, and she said that all the, the rest of your kids would, would have a, a deaf, uh, a deafness in the family. And thank goodness she didn't listen to the doctor. Mm -hmm. She had mm -hmm. seven more children, wow. nine kids total. You can just imagine uh, that's a lot of kids, uh, a lot of work and a, a lot of expenses and cost to raise a big family like that. And so um, they didn't have the money to uh, to purchase hearing aid mm -hmm. uh, for the two deaf brothers or her two deaf sons. Mm -hmm. And so she, like like you and everyone at Starkey and myself included, she became an advocate. She she saw a need, and there was really not a whole lot of programs uh, back in the the fifties or the sixties. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. to help the deaf and hard of hearing. So she took it upon herself started a charity called the Eisman Foundation to help not only her two deaf son and to pro provide resources and products and, and what have you, uh, to help them with their speech and, and, and hearings. Um, but at the same time, you know, she lacked those resources. And, and, um, and so she just kind of was a, a bulldozer and, and took that on. My grandpa, a Wyoming cowboy and a lieutenant in the army, he, uh, when they have more children, he noticed that some of the uh, the other boys had a musical talent. They they seemed to, to love music, so he started this uh, little barbershop quartet. And and really, one of the main reasons why he did that, because he was trying to think of, of ways, creative ways, and how they could raise some money to, to purchase hearing aids hmm. for the two deaf brothers. He said, well, "Right, boy, let's go out and sing. Let's let's go perform at these different little local community uh, events, so we can raise um, some money." So we can purchase hearing aid for your two deaf brother. What do you guys think about that? And they were all on board, and that is how the Eisman really got started. Wow! And for the for for the younger generation, how'd that work out? I mean, these Osmonds you refer to, the Osman family, and Donnie and Marie. I mean, I grew up. I, I got about twenty years on you. I grew up with the Osmonds and the Donnie and Marie show, and, and it was all over the place. And, and, and it's remarkable that you just told the, the origin story of that and the impact that that has made worldwide, and then not the least with what the Children's Miracle Network has grown into as an outgrowth of that. And then as well, you're now uh, the, the uh, CEO of the Olive Osmond Foundation today too, correct? Dave, thank you. And and just for the younger generation, many of you, the rising generation, you're right. I'm glad you brought that up. A lot of people have not heard of the Eisman because uh, they were more back in the 70s and the 80s. Uh, but just to kind of give you a kind of an idea, uh, a comparison of today, I suppose what they were back then. If you know the Jonas Brothers, mm -hmm. they were like the Jonas Brothers today. Uh, like they were back then. Would you, would you agree with that, Dave? On they steroids. Just, um, yeah, on steroids. Uh, I can tell you that there were many times, and now we'll have the OK Boomer moment for the day, but um, there were cereal boxes that would actually have on the back of them records for the Osmonds and the Jacksons. They were sort of competitors at the time, the Jackson 5 and the Osmonds. And, and cutting that, that record off, which I'm sure damaged more than a few of my uh, family's phonograph needles. And again, I would say in the past, I'd say people go, what's a phonograph? But that, that's enjoying a renaissance now too, phonographic records. But my friends who have high-end audio uh, would never let me come at it with the back of a cereal box that had uh, One Bad Apple or many of their other hits. But thanks for yeah. filling that 
in, you know, you know, you've grown up then within this famous family, and yet you've carved your own niche out in terms of your advocacy and taking that to the next uh, uh, dimension, really. I mean, you're, you're an author, you're a motivational speaker, um, you've uh, continued to advocate for people with hearing loss, uh, and, and like many in your family, you're also a musician. Uh, what talk a little bit about that because I know you you mentioned that uh, the the physicians that your mom your uh, your grandmother rather uh, sought out after she had these two uh, deaf sons uh, uh, also uh, had an impact on you by telling you that you'd never be able to play a musical instrument. Right. You know, Dave, we may be a little bit country, we may be a little bit rock and roll, <laughs> but we're a little bit actually not a little bit. We're a lot about helping people hear better and raising that awareness, like you said. Um, yes, when my grandmother passed away, I was so touched by what she did for my deaf uncles and and, and so many people around the world uh, that I wanted to um, kind of pay that forward, continue the legacy, kind of be an advocate, if you will, um, to help raise that awareness uh, for what she started. And you're right, I started the charity uh, All Arrived and Hearing Fund, and we, we've been able to sponsor and partner with many Starkey event uh, mm-hmm. around the world was we was so much fun to do. In fact, I brought my two deaf uncle on on mm-hmm. some Starkey events, and that was so fun. Uh, just being a part of the Starkey family has blessed our lives in so many different ways. Um, but this also inspired me. You're right. I may I may have a hearing loss, uh, but but because of all these amazing amenities and products and services that that have been provided. That hearing loss no longer had me. I love that. And you you use that as your mantra. I love that. I have hearing loss, but that hearing loss does not have me. Unpack that a little bit. Yeah, really. I mean, we all have um, something that's broken in our lives. Mm-hmm. In my case, my, my ear, you know, I was born with that, you know, that way. But that's okay. Um, I, I don't let it define me. I let it refine me. Mm-hmm. I let it purge me. I let it uh, challenge me and, and to be better uh, with that. I, I embrace it with all my heart, but then I don't, then I, I allow it to propel me forward, empower me forward instead of holding me back. Because I have a lot of friends, um, and Dave, you know that too, from a psychological standpoint, uh, people tend to uh, put themselves in a holding pattern or let them hold themselves or limit themselves. Uh, but don't, don't let those, um, don't limit your challenges, challenge your limit, challenge, hmm. you know, the limitations that we may have. In my case, my hearing loss, but in general, um, you know, you may have a particular challenge, but do not let that challenge have you, control you, or even define you. Instead, let it refine you, let it, be, let it make you a better person, a stronger person because of that. Well, I just, I love how inspirational that message is. And yet, you know, I mean, in seeing your TEDx talk, which I think should be mandatory viewing for any parent of a child with hearing loss who thinks about their child having limitations, um, they really need to see this video because it's so inspirational. You know, and it's not without a little bit of heartbreak along the way. You actually weren't diagnosed with hearing loss, even though you have a significant hearing loss. It wasn't diagnosed until I believe you were about two years of age, correct? Correct, Dave. I- they didn't have the newborn screening yeah. back then. Yeah. So I, I kind of fell by the wayside. And and after two years of living in complete silence, uh, for two years, I, I guess in my mind, I, that was normal. That's right. how it was. And then you're right. 
uh, my, my parents, I was playing in the sandbox with my brothers hmm. and my mom came out and said, Hey, time, time to come in for lunch. And they always responded at me. Hmm. And that's when my, my mom knew there was something wrong with me. They took me into the doctor. Um, they diagnosed me right away, put on these devices. And for the first time in two years, after complete silence, I was able to hear my dad's music. I was able to hear my mom's voice. I heard my dog bark. And I even got to hear the toilet flush. I mean, all these things we take for granted, right? Exactly. Absolutely life-changing. I just entered this whole new world. Well, and then you also talk about, uh, really, with great transparency and authenticity of an event where you had the opportunity to go to Madison Square Gardens to hear the Osmond family perform, and your dad as the lead singer. And here you were surrounded by thousands of people um, and with your hearing loss, even with hearing aids in an environment like that, it's awfully difficult to hear. Talk a little bit about, because you you express that in a way that many of us really have only become aware of during the pandemic uh, with loneliness and isolation, but talk a little bit about that feeling that sort of immersed, you know, surrounded you um, when you were sitting there listening to the Osmonds perform. Thanks, Dave. I have to say one of the biggest challenges and mountains that I've ever had to climb in my life was being born into this musical family. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my family. It's it's so fun. A lot of cool experiences. But you're right. Being in in a, a venue of thousands of people watching my dad take the lead and and I can hear, I could hear him, but I could not understand the words of my own dad. Right. And, you know, it was so frustrating and it did. It created uh, uh, isolation. It, it created a disconnect, um, a gap. And I felt isolated and, and separated from life on so many levels. And it, it, I went kind of into the little depression and anxiety. And um, thank goodness I had a, a really good family support system mm-hmm. that helped out with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, Dave, that was a, a very, um, I wouldn't say a dark time in my life, but it was, it was hard. It was yeah. really difficult. Um, but, you know, I would go back after every show. I'd say, Dad, what was the lyric to this mm-hmm. song? And, mm-hmm. of course, my dad, the cool dad ever, he'd just write down mm-hmm. the, the, the lyrics, and, and I would have to learn it that way. But back then, when I was younger, as you know, Dave, technology was analog. It was all right. analog hearing, and so it was just like a power. I was a power junkie. Yeah. I just took in everything. And uh, but nowadays, uh, I go to a. My dad is still performing. You believe it or not, mm-hmm. he's sixty years in entertainment business, and he just loves it so much. He'll mm-hmm. do it till the day he dies. But today, Dave, I can honestly say, and I get so emotional when I say this, but. I can not only hear my dad, but I can now understand my dad. And it's so awesome, and I'm so grateful and thankful. I know technology has come a long way with the innovation, and now we're in the artificial intelligence era. And it's just so amazing to be able to be reconnected with life, and not just with life, but with my family, my dad's music. Because like you, I love music. Everybody loves music. But when you feel disconnected from life because you can't really understand, it's so difficult. But I feel like that bridge has been get, has been re re put together, and um, and, and that that feelings of loneliness and isolation uh, is no longer there anymore. And uh, even with the mask 
today during the pandemic, I, I think I can be honest and say I'm I could honestly say that I hate Mac more than anybody because it does it causes a, a separation. But um, even with that, the hearing aid today, I would have struggled really bad 20 years ago, but yeah. today I can understand more clearly uh, what they're actually saying. So, I mean, over 40 years now of wearing hearing aids, I've, I've been able to see the transitioning from the analog to the programmable to the digital and the artificial intelligence. And it can't get any better now, Dave. I mean, it's just amazing. Oh, it will. So we're am- we're gonna we're gonna keep working to make them better and better. But I know the last time you were here, when we updated your technology with Evolve AI and Edge Mode, we talked about the mask. Uh, you know the way that Edge Mode does help restore audibility for voices when you're. Uh, encountering people who uh, are wearing face masks because people may not realize or appreciate that with the degree of hearing loss that you have, and I hope you don't mind me saying, I mean, we know you have and you've been quite open about the fact that you have a severe uh, degree of hearing loss and you rely on lip reading to help fill in those blanks. And I'm delighted that our technology helps provide more audibility to give you that little edge in those challenging listening environments because uh, hearing you relay that story and just trying to put myself in your position with your dad and this musical family, um, and uh, I can't remember who made the quote, but you know people don't remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. And to be able to understand your dad singing and hear the words, and, and this is your dad with thousands of people performing, and to really be able to connect with them on that way, must be, it must have been overwhelming, uh, and, and it, it's so cool. Dave, it was, it was it was a hard period of time in my life, I bet. but but it, it's gotten so much better now, and I, I I'm so grateful for that. And uh, words can't even express uh, how how almost a sheet weight, if you will, has just come off my shoulders, yeah. and um, being able to just the sheet contrast between hearing and understanding, yeah, um, and and it just it's just amazing. To be able to witness that, yeah. to see that, and to live that, and experience that um, on so many different levels. So, thank you. Well, oh, thank you. And 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 you said, you know, in, you're in your mid 40s now. And um, when you were diagnosed, we didn't have newborn hearing screening, universal newborn hearing screening. We have Marion Downs and others to thank for really recognizing the need to not only identify hearing loss, but then intervene as quickly as possible with hearing aids or cochlear implants if necessary. And, um, you know, really uh, looking at those changes that have taken place has been extremely important for people, particularly like yourself, with significant degrees of hearing loss. And um, in your TED Talk, you, you reference data that talks about the fact that only a third of those with profound hearing loss uh, in the past have completed high school. And that even another statistic from your 2018 talk was that, you know, a fifth of those who go on to college um, complete their degree. And uh, one of the things that I think, you know, people may or may not be aware of, you completed your bachelor's degree at, uh, I think it was Utah State, right? Right. And then you went on and got a master's degree with your brother, and you walked the stage together in 2010 when you received your MBA for professional relations and, and marketing. 
How did that feel? I mean, again, it's the burden of you as in this position where you're running this foundation, you're, you're uh, an icon for those with significant hearing loss and parents putting the limits or thinking of imposed limits of their kids who have hearing loss. And here you are getting your master's degree and doing it with your younger brother. Talk a little bit about that. Oh, Dave, you're right. You're probably one of the hallmarks accomplishments of my life. One of the hardest things I've ever done, but one of the most rewarding. You know, you got. I got to you know, point something out here. When I went to college, one of the most frustrating things is I'd be sitting in, I'd be sitting in the front row, right? And yet I'm looking around at all my classmates. They, they're listening to music in one ear mm-hmm. and then still writing notes and, and still able to get, you know, everything in. Here I am, I'm trying to have my undivided attention and I'm still missing out on so much, right? Yeah. And that was such a frustration for me. But I, I'll tell you, Dave, um, I could talk about this for an hour. But just to kind of condense everything, my little brother, my younger brother, he's the one that challenged me to go get our master's degree together. And here I am, I'm supposed to be the older, smarter brother, right? Um, But I'll never forget, uh, he finished before I did. And it took me another whole year to, to, to accomplish and to complete my master's degree. And my younger brother, he waited a whole year so that we could walk across that state together so i don't know who does that uh but he, it meant a lot to me yeah and and i'll say this um get my master's degree with a profound hearing loss was so difficult for me because i would miss out on so much that um i i remember taking one exam five times i failed four times mm. before i finally completed that last one and so i'll say this we have a we have a motto in our family we're going to keep doing it and we're going to keep doing it and we're going to keep failing until we get it right love it and you know i think i'm, I'm grateful to have that mentality of that attitude growing up is that we get bounced off the saddle we're going to get back on the saddle no matter how many times and i'm so grateful for my little brother that, that believed in me he studied with me and and he believed in me and that's one thing um that it built that confidence in me over yeah. time because with my hearing it did it, it my self-esteem was rock bottom a lot of time but you keep working at it you work hard at it and many people my ideologists my hearing professional my speech language pathologist they all instilled in me at a young age that i can do hard things yeah. and and i'll just say this i i believe that all the hard and hard of hearing and deaf uh friends out there we have to put forth more mental exertion when we listen and when we hear, uh, we have to put forth a little bit more um, um, hard work into uh, compared to the uh, normal hearing person. Sorry, not trying to compare ourselves, but no. uh, we really do. And, and so when we do finally reach our goal, the reward is 10 times more rewarding because we knew we had to work, uh, go the extra mile, work 10 times harder if we have to, to get that goal. And so, you know, I, it was just, it's not always about uh, crossing the finish line in first place. It's about never giving up. Yeah. And uh, I'm grateful for all those uh, who helped me along the way, all my, my audiologists and hearing professionals, my family and friends, and of course, my younger brother uh, for never giving up on me. Well, you know, and with your uh, characteristic uh, glass half full uh, uh, attitude, I think, you know, I've heard you speak in the past about the fact that one thing with a a severe to profound hearing loss, 
uh, that uh, enables you to have extraordinary focus is unlike the rest of us, you can sort of shut off your hearing when you want to. If you are just fatigued from all of that additional cognitive effort and cognitive load, you can just take them out and experience silence. And, uh, and, and I wondered if you'd speak a little bit to that. Well, I could tell you so many different scenarios. <laughs> First, if my little babies are screaming and yelling, I can turn them off. If my wife is yelling at me, I can turn them off. No, don't do that. But one cool experience I had, um, I w went to my dad's concert, and uh, it was loud. You know, mm -hmm. people, the fans are screaming. And so I did. I, I um, you know, I adjusted I, I, I my, my microphone because I can do that, which is cool. Yep. And then all of a sudden, uh, my wife called me. And, of course, it's so noisy and it's so loud in there. But what I did is I went to my Thrive app. I turned my microphone off in my hearing aid. Mm -hmm. Now, because of my profound loss, all the music and the yelling and the screaming went completely off. So now it's completely quiet in a, in a room of 120 decibel sound. But I can't hear anything. And then I answered the phone and I was able to hear my wife clearly and perfectly and no worries I could, I could understand and communicate just fine no problem wow and then once the once the phone was, was completed i turned it off then i turned my microphone back on on my hearing aid and i was able to hear the music began and all the screaming and the yelling but and remember to listen carefully to keep those levels below a level that can cause more damage i just have to pump, i right. have to put that in as your uh, uh uh you know sort of ambassador for hearing in this respect to make sure to not uh, add insult to injury with that loud exposure, but that's such a that is, that's such a great story. And with with your molds, which seal off a lot of the outside sound, they're plugging that outside sound. And then when you shut off the microphones uh, on the hearing aids, so that the stream phone call is coming through, you could still hear your wife, a familiar talker, uh, in, in yeah. a manner that enabled you to have this conversation on it. It it actually gives you superpowers. You could have a conversation in an environment that those with normal hearing couldn't easily do so. Um, the other Correct. thing, I think, you know, you, you, you cite the fact that you saw many audiologists and speech language pathologists over the years um, with the fact that you weren't identified with hearing loss until the age of two. You went through some of those critical periods and you mentioned that you were made fun of and bullied even growing up. Um, with uh, your hearing loss accent. And then uh, talk a little bit about how you flipped that script and turned it into sort of an advantage for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't tell you, Dave, how many times people, when they hear my, my, my accent, I'll be honest, uh, I think it's perfectly fine to make yourself vulnerable. Uh, but they'll ask me, they'll say, hey, where are you from? Are you from England or are you from the, the uh, Australia or Canada? And, and don't get me wrong, I, I take it as a compliment because yeah. I love their accent. Yeah. Um, but deep down inside, it hurt because yeah. I've worked so hard to learn how to try to speak normal. And I remember growing up, um, I was always socially embarrassed or socially awkward because I, I wanted to sound normal like everyone else. And I remember thinking, man, I wish I had the golden throat like my dad or my uncle mm -hmm. Donnie or Marie. And I even remember thinking, man, I wish I could sound like Justin Timberlake. Um, <laughs> but, but it dawned on me one day, Dave, that why, why do I need to sound like Justin Timberlake? Yeah. You know, I want to sound like Justin Eisman. My, my unique voice and my accent, that's who I am. Right. It's my brand. It's my signature. It's, uh, it's who I am. And so once I accepted myself for who I was and not what I was, 
I was so much happier with, with myself. And so I think that's a very uh, critical point, especially with a lot of the deaf and hard of hearing community. You know, I, you're right, we may have a different accent, but it doesn't matter how the rest of the world looks at that. That's who you are. And as soon as you can accept the reality, embrace who you are, embrace our challenges, like I talked about earlier, uh, and then allow that to empower us forward instead of holding it back, then you're right. That's when our superpowers come out. Yeah. And um, that's when we'll experience unbelievable sights, indescribable feelings, and soaring and tumbling through an endless diamond sky, um, hmm. you know, and as we enter that whole new world. Hmm. Um, it, it does. It changes our mentality. It changes our attitude. And, and we're able to, uh, our perspective on life is so much different. And, you, you know, we can say, you know what, we can do hard things. Yeah, so, and, I mean, and, and normal implies average, if you think of the, the bell curve. I mean, who wants to be average? I think, you know, uh, I don't want to live under an average definition and a normal definition. I think you've done extraordinary things, and, and uh, you've made, with your hearing accent, as you refer to it, made you more exotic, too. You know, it, it gives you yeah, a little okay. bit of uh, mystery. So, uh, I mean, uh, but I just think it's it, in so many ways that, again, that inspiration that we all have differences and, and we, we can't be put into, we're, we're not a, a melting pot. We should be a mulligan stew and embrace those differences that we each have in terms of the ability to communicate with each other and, and, and display that emotion. And um, so- And, and Dave, I'll, I'll mention this if it's okay. Yeah, of um, course. You know, you know my, we have a mutual friend, Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he and I, uh, we were both bullied when yeah. we were younger, yeah. um, you know, and I love, I love his inspiration. He took that and, as a motivational factor and he got bigger and bigger and bigger mm -hmm. and now the Incredible Hulk. Mm -hmm. uh, but he, I'm, I'll never forget what he taught, what he told me. He said, Justin, um, it's good to be physically tough, but it's more important to be mentally tough. Yeah. And, and then he taught me the whole, uh, you know, don't, don't limit your challenges, but to challenge your, your limits. Hmm. and to make yourself a better person because of that. Of course, it doesn't make it right when people abuse you and, you know, and, and um, bully you. Um, but you can take that as a motivational factor. And a lot, a lot of times, you know, when I was bullied, Dave, they just didn't know how to react right. towards a young boy that had wires coming out of your ears and a big box attached to my belt. I mean, I stood out like a robot. Sure. And of course, people don't know how to respond to that or react to that. But as I try to help them understand my situation, pretty soon they're like, I want one of those. Exactly. You can hear your teacher in the teacher's lounge. That's awesome. So it's just a matter of educating <laughs> the public. So you were spying on the teachers. You were getting the the signal from their transmitter in the in the teachers' lounge, and uh, oh, yeah, again, time. it gave you a superpower that none of the other that none of your classmates had. And and again, not everyone would be able to take that glass half full aspect. And I think that's why it's such an important message that you have to parents. I mean, as you know, I, I've worked in industry for half my career, and the other half has been working in uh, clinical work with patients and with family members. And there is this, this um, uh, feeling, I think, that a lot of parents have when they're first identifying, their, you know, the audiologists and the ENT are identifying uh, their, their child with hearing loss and, and whether there's any surgical options and then discussing amplification or other things and is sort of my perfect child. But, but that reinforcement for you that we're all 
you know, different and embrace those differences and turn that into a strength is what's what's so cool with your story. Now, you know, we've obviously talked about you had the support of your family with with your grandmother. I mean, and having those uh, two uh, oldest uncles who had hearing loss, it was sort of uh, in the built into the mix in the support that your family had. Um, any advice uh, that you might have for other families who don't have that incredible support and network that you had, and then later with the resources that you had as a member of this remarkable family? Any, any advice for parents or, or individuals who are thinking about, you know, you know I, I'm, I'm struggling with hearing, what can I do? Yeah, I think it's, you're right, Dave. I have a lot of friends too that don't have that support or that that advocacy and that um, you know that stronghold, if you will. Uh, I was very lucky and very privileged and blessed to, to, to have the family I have, uh, but they still didn't have all the answers. And so I remember they took me all across the country to the John Tracy clinics and mm-hmm. um, you know the um, lots of different places out there. Um, you know, I I think a lot of people. They look at a miracle as something that, that, that God had done for them that's not out of our control. Yeah. But for me, um, our hearing, uh, my hearing, my amazing hearing now that I have uh, that's been provided to me, I, I believe was created by God, but implemented by hardworking people, uh, their innovation, their skill sets, and their talents and whatnot. Uh, that's coming from family, that's coming from friends, that's coming from wonderful people like you, uh, mm-hmm. Dave, and everybody at Starkey, um, to me, that's a miracle. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for those that may be struggling for help and support, um, the big word I want to say is hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't don't. It's not it's not a lack of hearing. It's a lack of hope. Yeah. That is where people uh, get in and in, in, in struggle and, and and have a hard time with. But I can tell you that there's. Today, especially with all the resources out there, that's more accessible yep. and more able to get to as opposed to back then, you can do it more on an individual basis if you wanted to. And that that develops hope, in my opinion. Um, that, that develops being able to reconnect with family and life and, and, and so many other things. And so I, I will say, because of today, there's no better time to have a hearing loss than now because mm-hmm. of what is available to us. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be too worried about, oh, how can I get access to this and this and that? It's there. Yeah. We just need to get the word out better. Yeah. And and then that will just help them be able to elevate their confidence and their way of life and to be able to restore that hope. Thank you for that. Um, well, you talked about the advances that have taken place in your lifetime with hearing aid technology from analog to digitally programmable and digital technology to where today you feel as though you're hearing hearing your best life. Um, uh, but, but sometimes also hearing aids alone are not enough. And uh, when you were here a few times ago, uh, we fitted you uh, with a table mic and uh, you promptly started developing, sorry to be a little technical, but use cases for where that table mic would work that we didn't even anticipate. I, I remember uh, talking with you and introducing the technology as something. So the table mic, for those not familiar with this, is a remote microphone that uses 
artificial intelligence and beam forming microphones. Yeah, you got it. Uh, and for those listening, he's showing it on the camera now. It's about the size of a coaster and it has eight different microphones on it that automatically select the dominant talker or the dominant sound in an environment and then improves the signal, uh, the, the desired signal to background noise ratio automatically. And um, I remember that, you know, I showed you this and we went all through the, and I knew that technically you'd be able to handle it. But talk to, tell me, tell me what you uh, tweeted on your uh, return home to Utah, how you immediately discovered a new use case for the table mic. I mean, it literally entered a whole new world, uh, Dave. And, by, and for the record, I don't know if you remember, it changed my life so much. Uh, I called it the Holy Grail. I, I remember. I mean, it was just amazing. It's the Holy Grail of my life. But um, on my way home, I struggle on airplane. Uh, the airplanes are loud, baby screaming, and 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 I can never watch a movie without you know it just it's just hard to understand. But I plugged it into the entertainment set, mm-hmm. and I turned the microphone off. So I can't hear the plane. I was able to hear the movie. It was amazing. First time in my life I've been able to watch a whole movie being able to understand it on an airplane. So that was life changing. I get home. I remember I'm taking my girls to school uh, in the car and I've always struggled being able to hear my little girls say, daddy, and then they say something I can't quite understand what she said. And they got thinking, wait a minute, uh, Starkey just gave me this, why not try this out? And so I, I put a little Velcro on the back and I, I stuck it on the, the, the top of my seat. And Dave, it was like, they were like talking right into my ears, mm-hmm. like right next to me, instead of way in the back. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I, I almost, I got a little teary eyed because I could finally be connected to my to my kids uh, while driving. And in a very challenging wife, listening environment, the co- the automobile for those with normal hearing, you know, don't fully appreciate all of the noise coming in from the sound and the cacophony of sounds that are in the car, and then with multiple kids. And and I remember when you started to say, you know, how much better you were hearing in that environment, uh, that challenging environment, through the use of the table mic. And that's something that we do every single day. Right. And and it just, you know, it just got to a point where, you know, that's just going to be how it is for the rest of my life. But when this was introduced, this wonderful accessory, Dave, I can't begin to tell you um, how much that's, and even my wife, next to me i would struggle i would have to take the rear view mirror and and adjust it so i could see her lips Mm -hmm. while i'm driving so i could you know understand what she was saying but i don't have to do that anymore i just use this and bam i connected me to my wife and my kid and all of our travels now and 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 now you can revisit that experience that you had when you were in school as a younger kid but now in real life, you want to learn what people uh, are saying behind your back. You can leave the t- put it on a table and then leave. Uh, uh, so just warning to your friends uh, that, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm only kidding. But uh, it is really remarkable what the technologies can work with this wireless interface so that you have a wireless. I always call it like a third ear that can get closer to the to the uh, uh, voices or the sounds that you want to hear. And in particular, for people with more significant hearing loss, but not limited to people with more significant hearing loss. There's noise everywhere and, and soft talkers or distant voices. Uh, it's really a game changer that a lot of people with hearing loss and even hearing aid users aren't aware exists today. 
even in restaurants too, Dave. That's a huge damn thing in restaurants. Uh, for those for those that like to go to church, um, you know, I even put that on the podium uh, for my leader, and I would be clear in the back of the, the room, and I could hear, like, he, yeah. even right in front of my ears. Yes, Dave. I mean, it, it, on all scenarios of life, it covers it. Um, on top of these amazing hearing aids, has its accessory with that. It just, it's... It, it's absolutely amazing. It's incredible, and uh, everybody needs to know about this. Yeah, and so even um, those even those people, you've talked a little bit about the inspiration for people feeling overwhelmed that they have a hearing loss and taking that first step. Even for those people who are hearing aid users, if they're as we're coming out of COVID uh, pandemic, hopefully, um, you know, and we're going back out into social situations again. Even hearing aid users may not fully be aware of this type of technology being available. Uh, not only can they connect directly to their smartphone, but they can connect to these types of accessories. So talk to their dispenser, talk to their audiologist about what technologies are available to help them hear better, live better in all kinds of listening environments. And like I said, you're the best brand ambassador for the table, Mike, I can think of. Oh, thank you, Dave. I, I can't thank you all. Everybody listening to this. Everybody needs one of these, um, especially if you could benefit from that. You know, I could go on on more technical uh, accessories that you guys have, the whole two-way communication thing. Yeah. You know, going back to the car, I used to always have to hold it and then drive with my left hand. I don't have to do that anymore. I can just set that down, have both my hands on the steering wheel. Because your hearing aid microphones more. pick up your voice, so the person on the other end hears you clearly. Yes. Awesome. All those little things yeah. makes a huge difference. Yeah. And, um, and and all those innovative, um, you know, nanoscience um, <laughs> discoveries yeah. have just made our lives like we're, we've now been invited into the, no the normal hearing society, if you will. But um, I like being where I'm at, too, because I can kind of go in both and have the best of both worlds. And you provided that for us. And so that's why I, I, I've been talking to a lot of my deaf friends. In fact, one of them I just sent uh, to Stark, and he just got his table mic, and he, he had just texted me every day telling me, oh, my goodness, he's like me. Um, he's had hearing aids his whole life, but had no idea that this was even available. And so he's so grateful and thankful that we got the word out on that. Um, but it, 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 it's a truly life-changing Matter. Well, and just on that topic, and then uh, already we're running out of time, but, um, you know, you, you talk a little bit about the way that you kind of have hacks that you use to improve uh, the, the ability of technology to help you better. Maybe some people also aren't aware, as we've gone into the pandemic, uh, of other tools. I mean, it used to be closed captioning was for TV. Um, but now on Zoom calls like this, you can turn captioning on, on PowerPoint presentations. I'm, I'm quite adamant I keep it on. If I'm speaking to audiologists or, or hearing professionals, I turn the captioning on on my PowerPoint because even with normal hearing, it's beneficial, but certainly for those with hearing loss, it is. Are there other technologies out there that you've sort of discovered or, or built into ways that you communicate better on a daily basis that people with hearing loss should be aware of? So Zoom is a big thing right now, right? Everybody yep. does Zoom, especially during the pandemic. One thing I struggled with on Zoom was the audio. The audio from my computer was not quite, I mean, I turn up the volume, but it's not always the, the volume controller that makes the difference. Mm -hmm. The difference maker, Dave, 
plugging this in and you taught me that mm-hmm. you told me that on another gym call said, justin you have this plugged in i'm like no i plug it in oh my goodness i can i can turn out all the background noise and i can only hear on on that uh, device so that's one thing I, I i learned for those who aren't used to this there's an adapter with the table mic so even if they have the table mic they can take an adapter and plug it directly into a television or a computer or as he talked about uh, the the seat back on an airplane to directly and wirelessly transmit the sound to their ears. And so uh, some people may have a table mic and not be thinking about the way that they can use it with their computer on Zoom calls. And, and you know, there's just so many things to be aware of. And, and so much of that lack of awareness is really the lack of communication. And I think just encouraging people to, if they have questions about the technology on their hearing aids or on their accessories, talk to their hearing care professional, talk to their audiologist, their dispenser about what is available. And if they have questions about how to use it or are confused about how to use it, just ask. I'll tell you a quick story, Dave. Um, as far as what, connecting this to the TV, my whole married life, my wife has always complained about the volume being too loud because I need the volume mm-hmm. to be louder so I can hear and understand better. But since I got this and I've connected it to the TV, my wife is now complaining that the volume is too low, mm-hmm. meaning I don't need it to be so loud anymore. Mm-hmm. And now she needs more volume because she can't hear it as much. Because you maybe need to help. check her hearing next time you come. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> well, that's just outstanding. And, you know, you speak about being a husband and a father. Um, are there other anecdotes or, or advice that you can give to family members of people who uh, are hearing aid users or who have hearing loss? Uh, tips that you've learned over the years that might be beneficial to not only the person with hearing loss, but the family members, the, the children or the parents, uh, the, the spouses? You know, it, it's been funny when we talk about family members. I, I'm to a point now in my life where all my siblings and my parents and my cousins, um, they now wish that they had a hearing loss because <laughs> they they want the gadget that we have. Um, they really do. They, they love it and they appreciate it. But for those uh, living with members um, that have a hearing loss or experience that, just remember, don't don't ever give up on them. Um, <laughs> and just remember, they're not the only only people that have something broken in their life. Mm. I believe everybody has something that's broken in our life, but we just need to get rid of that misconception or that misunderstanding that just because something is broken in your life doesn't mean that they're impaired or that they're disabled. It's a, to me, it's an advantage. It's not a curse, but a blessing. It's not a penalty, but an opportunity. And especially with everything that's available for us today, we can, we can be just as good, if not better, than the next person. Um, so don't ever uh, give up on, on someone just because they can't hear uh, very well or whatnot. Um, you know, they may need a little bit of help and support and whatnot, but we all do. Um, I feel like um, we all need a uh, Lightning McQueen in our life. If you remember, I love the <laughs> yeah. story of when uh, you look back and, and the defending champion uh, Dynaco uh, was struggling. Uh, he went back and helped him and together they crossed the finish line. And I, I believe that's what my family did for me. They were my Lightning McQueen. Starkey, you're my Lightning McQueen. Mm. You know, I was struggling. I was having a hard time, but you helped me. You, you created a remedy and a solution for my problem. And I'm so grateful for that. So we all need Lightning McQueens in our life mm. to help us uh, uh, li- live a better quality of life. Mm. Um, so don't ever give up on them. <laughs> 
Well, I think we'll just leave it at that. I don't think we can top that. And um, I think, you know, going back to a discussion we had earlier, it just breaks my heart that you, as someone in your mid-40s, were told, or your parents were told, when they identified you with hearing loss, that, you, you know, you'd never be able to learn to play an instrument like your famous family members. Um, and uh, on that TEDx talk, which, as I said, should be mandatory viewing for parents or people um, struggling uh, with hearing loss and really coming to grips with removing that lid, uh, you play the violin beautifully. You're also a drummer, uh, and uh, I believe there's a few other instruments in there. It makes perfect sense. With, even without hearing aids, the drumming, you could feel that in your chest. And it, when you're holding the violin up, and, and you perform that beautifully on your TED Talk, um, but talk a little bit about the importance of music to you and, and how did that feel to prove them wrong when they placed that limit on you by saying, well, he'll never be able to do a musical instrument um, uh, like the rest of your family members. What did that feel like? Dave, and, and I'll make the record clear, it was never any of my family members that told me that I couldn't. Oh, no, I know. I, I, I knew it wasn't your family. That. It was it was <laughs> somewhere, you know, who will go unnamed, but uh, but that they were limited by, they, they tried to impose a limitation on you with a significant yeah. amount of hearing loss. And, and, and to be honest, I can see why they would come come with that. They, they would, I mean, your ears are broken, you can't hear very well, so what's the point of playing music? I mean, I get that. I understand that, where they're coming from on that. But you're right. It, it, when, when someone ever tells anyone in my family, especially me, that I can't do something, that just fuels the fire. Yeah. And I do love being able to go back and prove them wrong. And really, how it all, how it all started, when you said earlier, um, you like to just turn my hearing aids off and go into my quiet place. And that's what happened. I was playing my violin, <clears throat> And I could not get the right note. I was always flat or sharp, and you couldn't. My intonation was not where it should be. I remember, and my siblings were practicing their instrument, and it was just so loud. I turned my hearing aids off. I'm in my happy, quiet place. But then I experimented. I started to play, and I, I, I remember, I went into this whole new world, and I was able to hear it, not by hearing it with my ears but by feeling it through the conductive vibration of the instrument, mm -hmm. like you just said. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, Dave, I, I knew um, that I could do anything. I set my heart on and my eyes on and my focus on. Um, everything that we accomplished in life is not really uh, our circumstances, but has everything to do with the focus of our lives. And, and you're right, I went on and I mastered the violin, I, I mastered the viola. And, I, and the reason I switched to the viola because it has a lower tone mm -hmm. voice, and I have a high frequency loss. I can't hear the high. I would never shift high on the violin because I can't hear hear the notes at all. Mm -hmm. So I'd always stay low. So why not switch over to the viola so I could hear the notes better? Because it's in more of the bass <clears throat> tone. Um, but yeah, it, it was just one of those things where you know we all have limitation, uh, Dave, but we've also got potential, mm -hmm. and which one we embrace will determine the outcome and the quality of our life. And I chose to, to go with the potential side because we all have that. We all have that, even though we have limitations too. But which one you choose, I think will make the biggest difference in our life. So well, thank you. Well, yeah. thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. And um, I look forward to seeing you again soon. And for our listeners, Thank you for listening to this episode of Starkey Soundbites. 
If you enjoyed this conversation, please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also hit subscribe to be sure that you don't miss a single episode like this one. See and hear you next time.